Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. I am thrilled that you're here with us today as we continue the conversation about student ministry. On today's podcast, we have a, a guest who's going to talk to us about a difficult subject of being fired and what that can look like in your church and how you can navigate that and actually end up better on the other side. But before we get to that, I want to thank our podcast partners, Central Baptist College of Conway. They're challenging, engaging, and inspiring. Uh, they care very much about students, and they are already into their second semester of this school year. They're looking at what's going to happen, and homecoming is coming up for those that are old CBC alumni like myself, may go and see some friends, but even if I don't, I know that there's a lot of great things happening on campus. And so if you have a student who's trying to figure out what's next for their education, have them check out cbc.edu and schedule an appointment with them today. Well, again, on the podcast, I don't have Chris with me. He is off on a vacation with his family, enjoying some time away. We're excited for him and that he has a chance to, to spend those moments there. I have a special guest with us. He's recently completed a book, and it is available for purchase. It's called Refined by the Fire. Duh. And uh, I'll let him explain that as we, we look into this. But this whole process of how to process the pain, regain purpose, and persevere after being fired by your church. And I, we know it happens. And whether you have dealt with that and gone through that yourself, or you know somebody who has, it's just something that we want to talk about. And I wanted to get, get out there. One of the things that we deal with is that many of those listening are volunteers. And sometimes you can even get fired from those situations because you're not a good fit. And so how do we use all of these times of what seems like rejection to grow in a relationship with God? How do we step through those things? And so we're going to touch on many of them today as we talk with Kyle today. So Kyle, introduce yourself to our listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Yeah. My name is Kyle Isabelli. I've grown up in the Chicagoland area uh, my entire life. So um, if you hear the Chicago accent, that's why. Um, I've been in ministry now for about 15 years, uh, the first 10, 11 of it as a student pastor. And then for the last four years, I've been a senior pastor here at Avenue Christian Church um, in the western suburbs of Chicago. Uh, I've been married to my high school sweetheart, Maria, since 2011. And uh, we have two kids, Nora, um, who's in third grade, and Max, who's in first grade. You know, as you, you sent me some uh, bio information, I saw that you, you love sports and something didn't make sense. So tell me the teams you're, fan, you're a fan of. Yeah, so I love all Chicago sports teams except for the baseball teams. Um, I'm a I'm a New York Yankees fan, uh, so I 
I've not really liked in that regard with a lot of Sox and Cubs fans around here, but uh, it, it runs in my family. Came from my grandparents to my dad uh, to me, and so um, it's I, I, I it's, you know it, it runs in the family, it runs in the blood, so it's it can't get out <laughs> of me. It's just going to be what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Well. At least you have teams close to you that you can cheer on. I'm here in Arkansas, and I have the Kansas City Chiefs, which is about three and a half, four hours away from me. That's the closest. And then we've got a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans here in Arkansas and with baseball. You know, it's it's just – it's tough. So we become hyper-focused on our poor college, the University of Arkansas (laughs) Razorbacks. But just – it's fun. You know, football, baseball, basketball – they're great things, and one of the great things about them is that we can connect with students about those things um, yep. and people in our community. Mm-hmm. And, heck, it's just nothing like getting together, watching a game, maybe eating some pizza, enjoying some good time together. Yeah. Well, yeah, Kyle, cool. I, I'm, again, thrilled that you're on the podcast with us. Uh, to help our listeners know a little bit more about you before we get into your book and Talk about that issue of being fired from a ministry position. Tell us how you came into a relationship with Jesus. When did that start? What did that look like? Yeah, I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, my my parents, when they were in premarital counseling, really began to take ownership of their faith. And um, that personal relationship with Jesus became a forefront in their lives. And so that transpired into my life and my older sister's life. And so when I was eight, I made that decision to trust in Jesus as my savior. The next year I publicly proclaimed my faith through baptism. I was a part of church. We were at church a lot. I did, you know, Awana programs, youth group, different things like that. Um, But it really wasn't until high school um, that I began to really take ownership of my faith. And I was really influenced by my youth pastor. His name was Justin. And his discipling discipleship of me throughout my high school years was really formative and just growing my heart to be more like Jesus, to desire the things of Jesus, and uh, to really be on mission with him and want to reach out to my lost friends and invite them to youth group and have conversations with them about Jesus. And uh, in the midst of all of that, I think my heart really was stirring and being called um, to go into full-time ministry. And I wasn't really sure what that looked like per se, um, but when I found out my youth pastor actually went to college for it and got a Bible degree. And I didn't even know you could do something like that, you know? Um, So I I applied to Moody Bible Institute in Chicago and got accepted and began that journey of preparing to be in full-time ministry. Um, And I remember telling my parents that I think I wanted to go down this route. And they had told me that uh, since I was little, uh, my dad had always prayed that I would be a leader someday. My mom had always prayed that I'd be a pastor. I had no idea that they uh, <laughs> had those prayers for me. So I blame them for where I'm at today um, in, in a good way. So um, yeah, just I grew up in great environments that fostered a, a healthy relationship with Christ. Well, I love that you shared your youth pastor's name. Um, that's one of the the great things is when anytime when we can speak into those people that influenced us, I, I love that. I think about my own youth directors because this was a tiny church that I was a part of in high school. 
Rick and Jody Priest, and mm. just a married couple that loved on us, cared about us, made a, a big impact in our lives. And and so you you shared exactly what I was going to ask you. Who who did that for you? And it was Justin. Uh, again, we just want to thank God for for people like Justin. Mm-hmm. who have influenced and impacted lives and, and more lives than they probably even realize. Um, Absolutely. Stuff. Kyle, you're on the, the podcast today to talk about this big subject of being fired from a ministry. Your book, how, how would, would you say that? Refined by the Fired? Is that yeah. how you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, it's yep, got, got it's, it. the title is, uh, as you see it probably on some social media posts that we'll, we'll share, it looks like refined by the fire. And then in parentheses, you have the D. And I think that's really a, a great description and a great uh, launching point for us to, to think about this because getting fired can do one of two things in ministry. It seems like it can make you or break you. And um, if we're willing to let God influence us and work in our lives, then it can make us into better servants in that process. And so, Kyle, just tell us a little bit about the book in general. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This this book came out of um, a season in which I was a youth pastor at a church here in the Chicago suburbs. Um, I've been there for a couple of years. Um, everything was going well at that point. I was a youth pastor for about six years at two different churches, and so just experienced, you know, great success, great relationships with students and leaders and parents and everything just was kind of moving up and to the right. It, it felt like from that perspective. And, um, one day I was pulled into my supervisor's office and, um, was, there was another, you know, pastor there in the room and just, they kind of laid it out for me that I wasn't a good fit here. And I didn't really fit where the church was going. And, um, that, you know, this was, this was a, about a week or two before Easter. So in April, and they're like, you can finish out the ministry year in May. And then once May is over, you're, you're going to be let go. And, um, so I, I really began to wrestle with it cause I had no idea what to do next. And, um, I remember calling Justin, my youth pastor, because about 10 or about eight years prior, nine years prior, he was a youth pastor at a different church, not my home church. And he was there for 50 days. And after 50 days, they told him like, Hey, you're not a good fit and you're done. Pack up your boxes and pack up your desk, put it in a box and leave. And um, he had moved his family across the country. He had to move his family back to the Chicagoland area. And so I called him just to like, what should I do? I, I just was frustrated. I was angry at my boss. I was angry at the church. I was angry at God. And uh, it was in that time, he that conversation after that first day where he, he challenged me like he always does. And um, <laughs> he really wanted me to be self-reflective. Like, what are the things that God's trying to teach you? How is Jesus growing your faith? What What is this process going to do to make you more like Jesus? How can you live above reproach and how you interact moving forward? Um, and so the, the title of the book, Refined by the Fired, is about that refining process of our faith that comes through trials. I think it, based off of 1 Peter 1, 7, you know, it says these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So that was kind of the the mindset about it is that 
I knew that the Lord was going to do a work in my heart if I allowed him to do that work, if I allowed mm. my faith to be grown in this way. And so I, my youth pastor encouraged me, hey, just whatever you're reading in scripture, whatever you're praying, whatever your conversations look like, just start to journal them down. Just start to take a more detailed journal than you normally do in your daily devotions and really begin to see what God's teaching you. So it was in that first weekend, I began to do a lot of that. And I realized there wasn't a, a resource out there for someone who had been fired uh, from a church. You know, you start Googling stuff and it's like, well, here's how you collect unemployment and this is what you can do. And I'm like, <laughs> I work at a church. Like we don't have unemployment. We don't, church don't do unemployment taxes. I can't do this. Like I need right, to find a job. Right. And so there was just no resources out there. And I, and I just knew as I was writing and journaling that first weekend, I need to write a book at some point because mm. I know I'm not the only one. I know Justin's not the only one and I know others will have to go through this at some point. So it was in that like first just six, nine months after the fact, I just kept journaling and praying and reading scripture and thinking about my experiences. And, you know, within six to nine months, I had 50,000 words um, in a manuscript that had like a format to it, just kind of telling my story and, and the things that I was learning along the way. And um, I, I credit that all to the work of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't like writing a ton, you know, but it's more for me to journal and pray. And I never thought I would ever do something like this or write that many words and for it just to flow so easily out of my mind and out of my heart onto onto a computer. So yeah, it just, the story is really the things that I learned that helped me grow my faith in this time and make me more dependent on Christ. And um, yeah, it, it's, I know that as I've shared my story with other people, it's been a, a benefit and blessing to them as they've kind of put on that perspective of how does this firing, how does this trial grow and mature my faith and make me more like Jesus? Well, let me ask you, I know that because you talked about being reflective during this period, and you probably have talked with several people along the way who have been mm-hmm. fired, who have stepped through those things. Let, let's throw out the some important questions to begin with. What are some good reasons that a pastor, youth pastor, should be fired? Yeah, oh, that's that's a really good question, Dan. Um, I I do think that you know, if there's any type of moral failure, um, anything that, you know, you see those lists of qualifications of elders in scripture, you yeah. know, maybe youth pastors aren't technically elders, we're held to those high standards. So if you, you see that, see those decisions that are being made that go against that, you see that type of lifestyle that goes against what scripture has for um, elder qualifications, I think that it is a valid reason. Um I do think, and I and I do share a little bit about this in my book, is that I think there can be some validity in a fit and understanding passion and purpose and gifting. For some people, they um, they aren't a good fit, or they do struggle with um, being a part of that church culture or whatever it mm. is. And I think those are valid reasons. However, we in the American church don't do the best job of taking the time to um, work with those that we're leading, Um, especially now as a senior pastor. I can see how easily it is to just be frustrated with someone and 
and be like, well, you're just, you're not a good fit here. I don't got time to work alongside you. Like that just, and that happens far too often. That's kind of what happened to me. Um, And so it's important that in order to get to that place of, okay, we, this may not work out because of fit, gifting, passion, calling, there needs to be some time. There needs to be some energy investment, some true shepherding and discipleship, clear expectations that are laid out, like double down on the investment in your staff over just trying to focus on other people in the church or the people in the community. Like the staff should be your primary people that you're investing in shepherding uh, within your church. So that valid reasons for sure, but more, a lot more should be done on the the senior leadership in in churches to invest in their staff. What could we do, say, to encourage that? As if we're currently serving as a student ministry worker, how can we help our pastor understand what what we might need so that we Mm -hmm. don't end up in one of those bad places? Yeah, yeah. For me, I think the thing I realized the most is that I... I assumed my boss at that time didn't have time for me. Um, Mm, I think I I wrongly assumed that he was so busy doing multiple things that he didn't really care about some of the details of my ministry. So I just didn't share those things um, as often as I should have. Even though we had weekly meetings and we had, you know, monthly check-ins and different things like that. Like, it's not like we didn't talk, but I just, didn't think like, oh, I, I just want to do my job and do it well so that I can be a benefit and a blessing. Whereas I think there was a desire to know more. Um, and at the same time, for those in leadership who are overseeing staff, we have to be very intentional about what we expect, what we want to know, what we are giving freedom for our staff to do versus, no, this is kind of a mandate. This is something you need to do. And, um, and through all of that, keep that flow of communication open you know the lines of communication need to be open and it, it goes both ways so asking clarifying questions following up once again um if something didn't make sense in a meeting just keeping that communication lines open can be such a blessing for for both um for both the, the supervisor as well as the 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 staff worker well you've shared some valid reasons of why someone might need to be let go um, there is the issue of moral failure, or there is the issues that we find in those standards in Scripture. But And you also mentioned fit to a degree. I mean, it really could come down to not uh, fitting in with the culture, but as, as we've just talked about, maybe that's just an excuse from the leadership. Yeah. So what are some of the crazy or, uh, I don't want to say silly, because no one's going to think they're silly when that's happening, um, but hard reasons that you've seen people fired for from churches. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the fit one is always one which can be a very subjective, opinionated, yeah. very biased uh, <laughs> reason that doesn't yeah. have any any backing to it. There's There's been times of, of jealousy that taken place. I've Not for me personally, but I've seen that take place where a, a leader is jealous of a staffer and the attention or the crowd that's following them or the praise they get when they preach their sermon or, or whatever it is. I think just uh, personalities that clash, you know, the body of Christ is made up of so many different parts and different people and different giftings and different passions. And 
Uh, sometimes we falsely think that if everyone's just like each other, we'll all get along. When in reality, we need different people and different types of people with different types of passions and giftings on our team. So sometimes if you don't get along with the senior pastor, or you, your personality is just different or it just kind of rubs him or her the wrong way, that can also be a, a reason that's that's taken place. And And sometimes I think what's the hardest is that um, youth pastors just they don't know the answer. They don't get the honest truth, and that can be really difficult. Mm-hmm. When you don't, you just you're brought in. You say, "Hey, you're you're done here. Thanks for being here. And um, if you want your severance, don't say anything." You know, like which is not uh, it's that's not a Jesus like thing to do. Like I'll just be right, very blunt right. in saying that. Like the the culture of NDAs and and all of that is just absolutely unchristian, non-Christian to be a nice way of saying that. Um, and so, um, yeah, it, it, to me, there's been a lot of different reasons I've heard over the years. And I think the church leaders just need to do a better job being honest and upfront about um, some of the issues that they may have with their staff so that it doesn't have to lead to a messy and, and hard firing of a staff person. Well, I know many of us deal with whether it's parents, volunteers in our ministry, or just helpers here and there, that all of a sudden they're gone. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've left a message. Maybe they said, hey, we're, we just don't agree with how you're running things, and then poof, they're gone, and, and you don't have any answers. And I think those are some of the harder times mm-hmm. when we just don't know. And so you may find yourself in a situation like Kyle is describing here where you just don't know why you were fired, why you were let go. No one talked to you and no one tried to coach you, shepherd you through it, step you through this to, to rectify it. It was just like, here's the solution. We're getting rid of you. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I know yep. that that's a reality for many out there. And so when that happens, when you end up in that place, Kyle, what are some of the first steps that we should take? Um, how should we handle those moments when when the pastor comes in and says, it's time for you to go. Yeah. <laughs> How do yeah. we do that? Yeah, ha- absolutely. That's a great question. I think everyone wrestles with that. I, I think a couple of things. Number one, as I shared earlier in the advice I got from my youth pastor, it's an opportunity to reflect on your own heart. It's an opportunity to reflect on what is God going to teach me in this season of, of pain and suffering? Like it is going to be very difficult. Your heart is going to be just hurt and broken. And, um, you know, when you get let go from a youth ministry or any type of church job, you not only lose your job, but you lose your church family, your faith community. And many times you lose your closest friends that you would rely on. So if someone in the business world loses their job, well, they have family or friends and they have a church family to rely on. When you, when you lose a church job, all three of those are gone in an instant. Yeah. So who do you turn to? And so you do have to take a lot of time to really be self-reflective and journal and read scripture and ask God to just grow your, excuse me, grow your heart in that time. So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is, Instead of pointing the finger at your boss or your supervisor or pastor, um, you, which you will have every desire in your heart to do so, <laughs> um, to really point the fingers back at yourself and say, what could I have done differently? 
moving forward. You may not know the reasons per se, but many times you're then able to begin to play back conversations in your mind or begin to think about instances that came up and begin even just to ask your spouse if you're married or if you do talk with some people from the church or uh, different volunteers like, hey, you know, like what were there growth areas that I could have had or that I should have been aware of that I missed? Um, and a lot of times they're more willing to be honest with you in that in those moments. So I think it's important to not point the finger at others, and especially church leadership, and point the finger at yourself and just allow your mind to go to a place of how can I grow and, and be different moving forward so that when I come to the next church opportunity or the next job, I'm aware of some of these blind spots that maybe I wasn't aware of uh, previously. So I think those two things right away uh, can be really, really helpful when we do find ourselves in this unexpected situation. Let me add something here, and I'm sure Cal would probably echo this. <laughs> Just don't run to social media and start posting bad things about those <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's it, it, man, you, you feel it in your soul. Like you just want to scream it from the rooftop that they're, you know, that they're a terrible person and that they treat you poorly and you just want to blast them. And that, that doesn't do anything to help, help the church, doesn't do anything to help un, non Christians become a Christian, you know, when they yeah, see that. Yeah. Um, there's just a different way of, of going through that and, and processing that in a healthier way that um, can glor- ultimately glorify God. Well, one of the things that I know that can be difficult, you've talked about being reflective, looking even to others and trying to get some feedback on where you've been at and what's happened. Even with all that aside, you could get to a, a low place, whether it's... Um, clinical depression or just feeling down either way. How do you work through some of those feelings when you feel like you've been rejected by everybody? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for me, one of the things that was helpful in the, in the long term, and I wish I would have done it earlier, uh, was go seek out counseling. There was a pastor on our, and our, at our church staff who was aware of and kind of part of my firing and and not that he made the decision. He just was kind of in those difficult conversations. And um, it took me about three or four years to really reestablish a close relationship with him and utilize him as, as someone who was a trained counselor and who could speak Mm. into my life and encourage me and help me. Um, Because what I realized is that there were still roots of bitterness and anger that was very much in my heart that even though I had moved on, I'd seen God's hand at work. I had, you know, been brought to this church that I'm at now and had seen God redeem all that and became a senior pastor later on. So like I'd seen God still work, but I, there was still a lot of bitterness and anger that I was still wrestling with that would start coming out you know, on my wife or my kids and just really small things that just made me very irritated. And so I had to go back to him and say, Hey, I I think a lot of this came to light when I was fired and I just haven't done the best job of really dealing with some of this. and I need someone to help me through it. And so, um, it, it wasn't necessarily depression for me. It was those things. However, 
something traumatic like being fired abruptly from a church position can bring those emotions and feelings to light. So having a trusted counselor, seeking out therapy, meeting consistently with a mentor, whatever it is, we need that. We all need that. Um, but a person who's been fired especially needs that in their life sooner rather than later. Yeah, they do. And let me say, listeners, if you find yourself in that place and you're not really sure what to do, don't hesitate. Reach out to us, info at studentministrymatters.com. I would love to just have a, a conversation with you to let you know you're not alone in mm-hmm. this process. And I'm sure Kyle has some suggestions on places that we can all turn in this process, but just realize there are people out there that care very much about what happens to you, your ministry, your future in serving the kingdom. And so, Kyle, I just, I'm so thankful that you're willing to to share some of these things because it's hard to talk about because it hits you on a very gut level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I know that when I've hit things like this. I haven't been let go of a church, but I do know the feeling I've had when uh, those type of situations have hit. And it's like a, a gut punch. You know, mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. the wind's taken out of you. You're not sure what to do next. On a more practical note, what steps do you take um, about your next steps in life? Um, you know, you have to provide for your family. Yeah, I know that you were, you were married at that point, weren't you? Yep. Married with two kids under two. <laughs> so what did you do? How did you yeah. step through that part? Yeah. Uh, it For my wife and I, we were in a season where um, I was going to be the only one working. She was staying home right. with the kids. And on top of that, um, she had some physical injuries and some limitations that came up because of the labors and deliveries of our two kids. And so she was at a place where she couldn't physically work at that point. So I had Mm. to find a job quickly. Um, So talking to people right away kind of affirmed my calling, like, yeah, you need to still be in in ministry. Like you still have a heart for it, a passion for it. Um, So having those people who could affirm me in that, because if you have those people, they will speak truthfully to you in love. They will tell you, yeah, you need to find that job or, hey, you you need to heal. Like there's things that you're struggling with that you need to find a different job right now. And and you may even realize that about yourself, but I knew that, that I was still called to ministry. My wife felt confident in our calling for full-time ministry. And so we began to apply to different positions in the Chicagoland area. And it just so happened that, um, you know, there were three different churches uh, that were looking for a youth pastor. It is, you know, spring is the time of year where that happens, but <laughs> all of them were within, you know, 20, 30 minutes of our house and, we went through the process with all three of them and, and chose the one that I'm at right now. And so, you know, my severance ran out at the end of June and I started July 1st uh, here at Avenue as a student pastor. And, you know, God really provided in that way. So, um, but we had to be at that place first and foremost of, is my heart burning for ministry? Do I still have a passion to see students know Jesus and disciple them? And um, that fire was still very much burning in my heart and soul. Mm. And so I knew that, yes, I can continue to do this. Were there things I had to learn along the way? Absolutely. And, you know, I share a lot of that process in my book as well. Um, But it, it, to me, it was talking with people, having that calling affirmed or talking with people and they may tell you, Hey, find something else for a season. But, um, work, work is a good thing. 
and as as I said earlier, you don't get to collect unemployment, so you got to find something pretty quickly. So, <laughs> well, and I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, uh, one things that you you just shared was this talking to the other people and letting some other people speak into that situation, yep. because I know that when I'm rejected in any format. I start doubting everything. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. it would have been 110%. easy for me to say, I'm going to go work at, well, here in Arkansas, I'd be Walmart. I don't know in your area, but. Walmart, um, Target, okay. Starbucks, you name it, we got yeah. it. <laughs> and so um, yeah, that would be the easy thing to do. But if, mm-hmm. if God has called you to ministry, make sure of that and then don't let it go. If it's a season of rest, which I think that is so valid. Mm-hmm. Um, then understand that that's what you're entering into. Uh, but don't give up. Keep going. Um, we've all hit those hard times over these last few years, especially with the pandemic mm-hmm. and changes in ministry settings and, and just everything. Uh, but we know that God is in control. Yeah, um, Kyle, you know, um, I think there's a lot of great information that our, our listeners could get from your book. Uh, what's some of the What's the best way for them to get a copy, um, to get in touch with you if they have more questions? Or share some of that with us. Yeah, I mean, wherever you get your books at, um, you can find Refined by the Fire. It's everywhere where books are sold. Um, if you want to connect with me, uh, you can find me on my website, kyleisabelli.com, I-S-A-B-E-L-L-I. Um, also on social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, that way, email. Um, but yeah, everything can be found on my website. And like I said, it's books are, you know, wherever you get your books, whether it's ebook or <laughs> paperback book, uh, go ahead and, and find it, find it there. And, um, yeah, I, I believe it can be a great resource, not only for those who have been fired, but as you were sharing, Dan, like it's important for people who are on church staff who, haven't been fired, but see their friend or their colleague or their coworker let go. And how do you process that? And as well as for the students and the parents and the families and the, the, the congregants that see their pastor here one day and gone the next, it's a great resource for them as well as I kind of talk about that process and helping people through that as well. So I believe it's a book for everyone in the church, but it is primarily for that staff or pastor who has been let go from their position. Well, I think of another person that would be great to read is, let's say you've got a a student pastor, you're the lead pastor, and you have a student pastor that you may have to to let go. Mm -hmm. And at least reading through that would give you a better mindset, Mm -hmm. an approach um, to understand, okay, am I taking a shortcut in this process? Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, just uh, so appreciative of, of your work, Kyle, and of your ministry. Look forward to hearing and knowing more about what's going on in the Chicagoland area. Big fan. I have a buddy that just moved away from there. I've been there for years. Um, got to visit him. Uh, it's a great area. Uh, but Kyle, um, again, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We've enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate it. A listener, if you want to know more about the book, If you want to order a copy, we're going to have a link in the show notes so that you can reach out to Kyle and so that you can order a copy. I think this is something good for us to all read. Again, whether or not you are facing this, have faced this, knowing what to say to a friend who is going through this, a ministry friend, um, can be a powerful thing. And so we'll have some links in the show notes. Uh, We want to keep learning how to do this uh, to 
to navigate being fired, handling those situations, those difficulties. We want to keep talking about students and talking about how to better serve them because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.